0: Hey, everyone. I want to ask a small favor. Each new season, I look at how the last one went, and I look for ways to improve the show. But you see, I only see the show from my perspective. I'd like to see it from yours. So to get a better idea of what's working, I created a survey, and I kept it really simple. Just a handful of questions. If you feel called to and you're willing to share some feedback, I'd greatly appreciate it. Your reward for helping me is the knowledge that you're helping make the Soul Podcast even better. You can find a link to the very short survey at the bottom of the episode description. And thank you in advance for helping. Henry David Thoreau said, heaven is under our feet as well as over our heads. Welcome to the Soul Podcast. I'm Stacey Wheeler. In the late seventies, companies in office buildings in large cities started noticing something strange. Their workers were starting to show a variety of symptoms. The symptoms were different from person to person, but included variations of headaches, blocked or runny nose, dry itchy skin, dry sore eyes, and even rashes. The symptoms were widespread and becoming a problem within these businesses. They sometimes caused people to miss work or even quit to move to other companies. Most often they led to tiredness and difficulty concentrating which meant people were less productive. This was happening all over London, New York, Hong Kong, really anywhere there were new or remodeled office buildings. Early on no one was comparing notes. Each company that noticed the problem tried to figure it out on their own. Typically the issues were first noticed by the human resources department because it was causing a problem with employee satisfaction, productivity, and retention. People were missing work, not getting much work done and leaving their jobs at higher rates. HR moved the information up the ladder and upper management started to wonder why were people so unhappy and unproductive? Lost hours and lost productivity were a problem and companies were concerned. At the time, these companies didn't know the problem was happening all over. It would be years before they'd start to connect those dots. So each company worked independently to try to figure out what was going on. They started looking at every possible factor. They even hired consultants who looked at things like mold and other environmental contaminants, such as paint, insulation, rigid foam, particle board, and plywood, really anything used in construction. They theorized the ventilation system was moving chemicals through the air, causing the problems. Allergies could be triggered by the chemicals used in building materials. This could account for some of the issues, but not all of them. This was a strange mix of symptoms they couldn't really account for using the hypothesis of allergies alone. It was a riddle. It was a mystery. The ventilation system in the new and remodeled buildings were mostly the new energy efficient type. So they speculated they weren't as efficient at circulating bad air as the old ones were. Or maybe the bad air was outside and it was moving it in. No one really knew, but the ventilation might be a factor they decided but they also decided it alone could not solve the riddle. So they commissioned expensive studies on the effects of traffic noise and poor lighting. They created great spreadsheets on how workers in buildings located in polluted urban areas seemed to quickly become ill, missing more days of work than those in less urban areas. They were looking everywhere for answers. The studies went on for many years before companies started to compare notes and realized this was a widespread problem. By now it was the 80s, and around this time they started calling the problem Sick Building Syndrome, or SBS. One study at the time found that psychosocial circumstances in the business appeared to be causing more of the symptoms than the tested environmental factors. So they wondered if maybe management needed to manage differently. Maybe business structures needed to change? Arguments arose around the research but there was still no consensus on what was causing all the job loss, discomfort, and loss in production. By now, companies were compiling data to calculate how much money was being lost annually per employee because of SBS. They were still looking for a solution, but they couldn't find a common denominator. As the research was compared from organization to organization, something interesting emerged. The lowest rates of sickness in organizations were found in businesses associated with forestry, agriculture, and sales workers. They started to examine this information to see if they could figure out why. By the mid to late 80s, companies were releasing guidelines to reduce SBS symptoms. These were lengthy documents that made recommendations on things like building materials, ventilation system refits, mold abatement, reducing the length of time spent inside, replacement of old stained ceiling tiles, replacement of old stained carpeting, and dozens of other suggestions. These changes could cost anywhere from tens of thousands of dollars to millions of dollars per building. And they alone did not fix the problem. They would later realize they were shooting all around the target and just missing it. Over time, through employee surveys and observations, companies decided having more plants in their buildings and at the desks could improve the feel of the office environment. People felt plants made the place feel homier and more natural. So, people started bringing them in. But they found plants didn't do well in windowless cubicles and behind UV-protected glass windows of offices. Many plants seemed to wither, like some of the people in these same offices. But they did make the places less drab while they were alive. In 1989, a NASA scientist published a report saying household plants could provide, quote, "...a promising economic solution to indoor air pollution." The report was intended to be a recommendation for long-distance space flight and air quality concerns within those flights as people were constantly exhaling, pushing out carbon dioxide. But the report was also directed towards the SBS problem NASA was having with their office buildings. It was a lengthy report. The scientists understood that through the process of photosynthesis, plants convert the carbon dioxide we exhale and also removes gases from the air through a process called absorption. So, the companies had to wonder. Would this help them reduce the effects of SBS? Some companies sought out and found plants that did better in the low light and dry air of offices. They brought those in. Eventually, small companies started to pop up in cities to provide plants for large companies. They came by weekly to take care of them and even replace the old ones with new ones if they started to lose their luster. This assured companies would always have fresh vibrant plants around the office. The plants brought some of the outdoors indoors but also provided the added benefit of filtered air. People seemed happier, the air seemed cleaner, and SBS symptoms started going down. Today there's an industry providing plants for office buildings in New York, London, Hong Kong, and other cities all around the world. In the end, there was never an agreement on what caused the problem of SBS. There seems to be many factors that lent to it. There seems to be a consensus though on one of the best tools to improve the situation. Today, some of the primary recommendations to combat SBS include making sure the office has access to natural light, open windows or improve ventilation, encourage staff to venture outdoors for lunch and breaks, and having plants in and around the office space. Essentially, try to help people have the highest exposure to the outdoors and nature as possible. Remember, the lowest rates of sickness in organizations were found in businesses associated with forestry and agriculture and with sales workers, many of these being outside sales workers. Being in or around nature is good for us. Being kept from nature is bad for us and can even lead to mental, emotional, and physical decline. There was more than a decade spent looking for a cause of SBS, And it's impossible to calculate how many millions of dollars were spent on research, reports, refits and rebuilds. In the end, the key part of the solution was simple, get closer to nature. The more we fight to conquer nature, the more we find we are part of it and it is part of us. For more than two million years we've evolved as a species and the vast, vast majority of this time we were in direct exposure to nature. So we evolved as part of nature. The amount of time we've lived in human-built, non-organic spaces has been less than 1% of the period of our entire evolution. Really just the blink of the historic eye. Our bodies and spirits are meant to be in connection with nature. A building is not natural. A building is a creation of humankind. Buildings are made of straight lines, rigid angles, and sterile walls. It's not where we evolved to thrive. In 1985, the Austrian visual artist and architect Friedrich Hundertwasser wrote, The straight line has become an absolute tyranny. The straight line is something cowardly drawn with a rule, without thought or feeling. It is a line which does not exist in nature. And that line is the rotten foundation of our doomed civilization. The straight line is the only sterile line, the only line which does not suit man as the image of God. The straight line is the forbidden fruit straight line is the curse of our civilization. Yeah, I know. Strong words. And there really is no straight line in nature. I mean, think about it. A straight line is a rigid human way to control things. A handful of years ago, someone noticed the lines of a mountain seemed to be too straight in Mexico. And it turns out they were right. It was actually an ancient pyramid below what they thought was a mountain for years. Straight lines do not occur in nature. They're an anomaly. Hundertwasser also wrote, What we lack is a peace treaty with nature. We must restore to nature the territories we have unlawfully taken from it. Everything horizontal under the sky belongs to nature. Everything touched by the rays of sun, everything where the rain falls, is nature's sacred property. I'm not suggesting we tear down buildings or return to caves, I'm not. Or that we should stifle forward progress as if we could. Humans have an innate drive to make new stuff and improve old stuff. It's what made us the dominant species on Earth. There's no helping but go forward. What we've lost in the process of progress is our connection with nature. And the best architects have always understood the importance of this. Frank Lloyd Wright was likely the most famous architect of the last century. And he wrote... A building should appear to grow easily from its sight and be shaped to harmonize with its surroundings if nature is manifest there. We are part of nature. The further we move away from it, the more we realize we suffer from its absence. We are linked to nature because we are nature ourselves. But we forget. When we remember and feed our need for connection with nature, we thrive. When's the last time you took off your shoes and stood in the grass or on a sandy beach walked in gravel along a riverbed shore have you set in nature recently have you watched a river run listen to a stream flow across boulders in the woods look for an opportunity to feed your soul today go be in nature thank you for listening to this old podcast if you enjoyed what you heard, learned something new, or were just entertained, please tell your friends about the show. This is the best way for people to find the show. Check the show notes for links to supporting information, as well as any books or other reading material related to this episode. I love Making the Soul podcast. My goal is to bring you more shows each season. If the show spoken to you and you feel called to, please join our list of producers. You can become a producer for as little as $3 a month. And each of you helps me get one step closer to making The Soul Podcast my full-time job. You can find a producer link in the show notes.